0: chapter ten of carpenter's geographical reader asia by frank carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b japanese farms and farmers we shall now leave tokyo for a trip through the country we want to see how the people live outside the cities and also to learn something of japanese farming how shall we travel we might go by railroad and ride from one town to another almost as fast as on our own trains at home we should find the cars quite as good they are filled with japanese some of whom not used to foreign benches and chairs squat on the cushions with their feet tucked beneath them japan is fast building railroads trunk lines now connect all the main centers and the rates of fare are exceedingly low the railroad however is too quick for our journey so we shall take jinrikshaws with two men to each carriage, and shall ride almost as fast as though we had horses. One man will pull in the shafts, and the other will push hard behind when we go up the hills, or, by a rope, will harness himself to the front and run on ahead. We soon get over our shame at driving our almond-eyed brothers, and poke our human steeds in the back and urge them to hurry. The roads are good. There are villages at every few miles— and we stay at night in country hotels where we sleep on the floor the landlord's children watch us with wonder as we come in when we have gone to our rooms they sometimes poke their fingers through the paper walls and gluing their eyes to the holes watch the strange foreigners as they undress and get into bed some of them have never seen an american and our straight eyes and fair faces seem to them very queer we have several rainy days on our journey during which we pass farmers and travelers wearing the waterproof cloak of japan this is a sort of long shawl of rice straw which with the big straw hat above it makes the wearer look like a gigantic yellow bird trotting along upon human legs we cross now and then over mountains so steep that we must leave our gin rickshaws and go up in kagos the kago is a framework hung to long poles which are carried on the shoulders of men we squat inside the kago cross-legged and hold on for dear life as our men take us over the stones through rushing mountain streams and along precipices going up hill and down we enjoy the beautiful scenery japan is made up of mountains and valleys and the moist air keeps nature refreshingly green the mountains feed many short rivers and brooks by the hundreds gurgle down the green hills these people understand irrigation some of the streams are dammed up in the mountains and the water is carried from one place to another through winding ditches so that one stream feeds many farms the hills are often cut into different levels or terraces over which the streams flow successively on their way to the valleys the mountainous nature of japan is such that less than one-sixth of the empire is under cultivation but that sixth gives more than half of the people constant employment producing enough to feed the entire population the soil is no richer than ours but the japanese so increase its fertility by good cultivation that one acre often yields from three to five times as much as the same space does in america it is said that there are farms in japan which for centuries have given two crops every year how queer the farms are the whole country looks like a garden with ponds of silvery white water showing out through the green there are no very large fields the average tract being less than two acres in size the crops are all of shades and colors from the gold of ripe wheat to the green of fresh sprouting rice we look in vain for fences houses and barns the japanese have no fences they do not live on their farms but in villages of thatched wooden houses strung along the main roads there is no need of barns as the crops are sold almost as soon as they are harvested there are but few sheep in japan and in some parts of the empire very few horses and cattle in many places the people would look upon sheep as wild animals cattle are still largely employed as pack animals and their meat is used more and more every year there are now over one million in the country breeds of fine horses have been brought in for the army and there are many pack horses in some parts of japan ponies are used for hauling and we often pass one hitched to a cart and led by a big-hatted peasant the draft horses are shod with straw shoes the straw is so braided that it forms a round mat about half an inch thick which is fastened to the animal's foot by straw strings running around the leg just above the hoof each pack-horse has a stock of fresh shoes tied to his saddle and the farmer who leads him changes his shoes as soon as they become worn such shoes cost less than one cent a set the distances through the country districts are often measured by the number of shoes Which the horses wear out while traveling, and it is said that the average horseshoe will last for a walk of over eight miles. We observe that the farmers of Japan have been less affected by our civilization than the people of the cities. They live much as they did in the past and have many of the customs of old Japan. We occasionally see Japanese women who seem very homely. Their heads are shaved close to the scalp, and they have no sign of eyebrows upon inquiry we learn that they are widows who keep their heads shaved in order to show their grief for the loss of their husbands many of the peasant women look pretty until they open their mouths we then notice that their teeth are as black as a pair of new rubber shoes they are wives who are destroying their beauty to show their husbands that they do not care for the attentions of others the men in some cases have their heads shaved on the top with the long locks at the side and the back fastened up on the crown of the head in a stiff queue, like a door-knocker this is the old style of wearing the hair and was the usual fashion when Perry came as time goes on these old-fashioned customs grow less and less common and they will doubtless in time disappear the farm hands of japan wear but little clothing when at work in the fields the weather is hot in the summer and some have on nothing except a flat hat of white straw, as big as a parasol, and a cloth tied around the waist. We meet half-naked children with tools on their shoulders on their way to the fields. We see barefooted women clad in big hats and blue cotton gowns. The women and men labor away side by side, and the children have their share in the toil. How hard they all work! They dig up the ground with mattock and spade, and all sorts of seeds are planted by hand. The harvesting is done the same way and we see that it is human muscle unaided by machinery which still makes the greater part of the bread of japan the crops are of all kinds the land is exceedingly fertile and nearly everything can be raised we see patches of wheat barley tobacco and cotton and of other plants which are strange to our eyes we go through thousands of rice fields rice is the most important crop of the country for it forms the chief food of the people the majority of the world's inhabitants eat more or less rice and for at least one-third of them it is the principal food there are almost as many different kinds of rice as of apples and japanese rice is one of the best it requires great care in its cultivation the grains must first be sowed in wet seed beds they sprout in four or five days and within a month or six weeks are ready for transplanting. In the meantime, the rice fields have been flooded, and the farmers now wade through the water in their bare feet and set out the young sprouts in the mud. They flood the fields again and again during the summer. They keep the rice free from weeds, and by the latter part of September, the crop is ready for harvest. Rice grows much like wheat or oats. At first the plants are a beautiful green, but as they ripen, they become a bright yellow. The straw is then cut off close to the ground with a sickle, and is tied up in little sheaves which are hung over a pole resting on legs, so that the heads of the rice do not touch the ground. The grains are pulled from the stems by drawing the straw through a rack which has teeth like a saw, and are then laid away to be husked as required. We find rice fields in all the lowlands. There are many in Hondo, Shikoku, and Kyushu and also in formosa the latter being farmed by the chinese who live there on some of the farms after the rice has been harvested barley and wheat are sown as a second crop and barley and rye are often ground up with rice and used for food beans are much raised and on the highlands buckwheat millet and sorghum the sorghum flour is made into dumplings and the buckwheat is used for the manufacture of macaroni we stop now and then at the tea-fields which are to be found throughout the greater part of the empire and as we get nearer kyoto in central japan we spend a few days in the region of uja where the tea grows especially fine one kind is known by a japanese word meaning jewelled dew it is worth from five to eight dollars a pound it is in uja that much of the tea for the emperor is raised the tea plant is a kind of camellia it grows much like the american box in japan it is carefully cultivated in hedges which rise to a height of from 3 to 5 feet and which are usually about 2 feet in width in a tea garden the hedges run in parallel rows from one side to the other the rows being about as far apart as those of a potato field the leaves which form the tea of commerce look somewhat like those of a rose bush their color is a bright green. The plants produce their best tea from the fifth to the tenth year, and some are said to live longer than the life of a man. They are plucked several times during each season, the first crop being the best. The work is done almost entirely by girls who pick out the bright new green leaves from the old dark ones. They put the leaves in great baskets and carry them off on their backs. The leaves are dried in the sun and are then steamed and dried again that part of the crop intended for export is shipped to the tea factories where all the moisture is taken out by rubbing the leaves about in great iron bowls set in ovens the rubbing is done by women and men under whose hands the leaves change their shape and become the little hard twisted things we buy as tea in america after the leaves are thoroughly dried they are sorted by japanese girls and are then packed in boxes for shipment another interesting occupation followed in many localities throughout japan is the rearing of silkworms the cocoons are spun by the worms which are fed upon mulberry leaves and both the cocoons and the raw silk reeled from them are exported in great quantities to europe and the united states the country has many mulberry orchards and its exports of raw silk and silk goods bring in several times as much money as any other article raised or made in japan on our trip across the country we learn that the government is doing much to encourage the farmers it has lecturers who go from district to district teaching them which crops will pay best and how to raise them there are many experiment stations and the people raise all sorts of grains just as we do there are schools where one can learn how to rear silkworms and the farmers have banks supported by the government at which they can borrow money at very low rates chapter ten